It is a beautiful day for a ball game, and here we are on Saturday morning. You're wherever you are and whenever you are listening to our show on the Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports.com network. Uh, I am Doug, the host of the Dugout, and the the helper on this show, Breaking Balls Trivia. Today we have uh, a great matchup for you all. We're we're seeing the Orlando Black Cat face off against the Pittsburgh Nifsons 7. And this whole thing is going to be moderated by, hosted by, a gentleman you all know as the Five Minute Professor. How are you doing this morning? I am doing extremely well, Doug. Uh, I'm going to say something right now that I I don't know if I've ever said before on this program. I am excited to be here with you at the Lenny Melnick Stadium. I think I said it correctly. I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's a We've only been working together on this for about a year, and you, and you got the name right. I got the, the name right for the very first time, I believe. But you know, it, it, to to your defense, you know, you always got a name that started with L, so you were there, yes. and the yes. proper number of syllables. You're close. Yes, yes, I was always somewhere in the ballpark yeah. while yeah. describing a ballpark. Uh, we have two players today that are going to be vying for uh, possible immortality. Uh, and uh, and more likely immorality. These are the things which are likely to happen today on Breaking Balls Trivia. Uh, representing the Orlando Black Cat, our first player is Dorothy. Hello, Dorothy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, now, Dorothy, you are playing for the Orlando Black Cat, which means that you are from the greater Orlando area. Am I correct? Where that is correct, and I've been here <laughs> about six years now. Very nice. And what is your favorite thing about trivia? What is it about trivia that appeals to you? Um, I have lots of useless information, golden nuggets of useless information tucked up in my brain. And every so often I get to trot them out and show them off. Now, that is uh, that is my favorite part of trivia, too. Being able to look like I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> finally. <laughs> uh, now, you've had the opportunity to play uh, trivia with the Five Minute Professor before. So you get a, an idea on what my questions are going to be like. Is yeah. there something that you find particularly aggravating about my questions? Because hopefully that is how I've written them. <laughs> no, oddly enough, no, I do not find it aggravating. Um, apart from the fact that I usually have no idea what you're asking me, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I think some people find the fact that I really think that you know the answer to be aggravating. Uh, I try to make it. As, as possible, as, uh, as clear as possible, what I think you know, even mm -hmm. if you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be competing against the Pittsburgh Magnificent Seven, which showed up six men short for today's game. Uh, <laughs> it is just Robert. Now, Robert, uh, you are not in Pittsburgh right now. No, but I'm just visiting in uh, the Orlando area, and I live in Pittsburgh, and six of the seven Magnificent Seven were born in Pittsburgh. The Magnificent Seven, I believe, are your children. Correct. I have seven I children. Uh, yes. Now, I know Robert from a number of uh, somewhat trivial pursuits, uh, including the fact that uh, Robert was a member of the Central Florida Mensa organization uh, when I joined that group. Uh, he's now with 
the Pittsburgh Mensa organization? Western Pennsylvania Mensa. Western Pennsylvania, I suppose, not as city-centric right. <laughs> as I described, because it's Central Florida, uh, not Orlando. Uh, so one of the things which I know you as, uh, you are the, the board game guy. Absolutely. About how many board games do you have easy access to at any given point in time? Well, my collection's not that big, only a few dozen. But I'm sitting in a room right now that has at least 800 board games. That's where I'm staying while I'm uh, in, the, in the Orlando area. Now, I can – the background behind you is, I believe, purposefully uh, not in focus. But I've been to the house that you're at, mm-hmm. and I, I'm – are you in that uh, that the, the that game veranda, room? The, yeah, that veranda-like room, uh, which it, it connects two other rooms, and mm-hmm. there's just games in the room, right? Okay, I know which one you're at. I will I will be joining you later today, Excellent. probably in that same room. <laughs> and uh, that room has hundreds of games. Mm-hmm. Do you have a single favorite game? That's hard. It's like choosing a favorite child. You and I both know as fathers, you have one, but you never let it out. <laughs> you never true. let that bag open up. Favorite game. There's so many, but I'll, what comes to mind, first of all, is Dominion, which I know I've played with you in the past. Yes, you have, and you have beaten me soundly, uh, which is good because uh, I don't get to play any of the games anywhere nearly as much as I would like to. One of the things I love about getting together – now, Robert monthly has a get-together – Mm-hmm. Uh, and he used to have it in Orlando. Now he has it in Pittsburgh, uh, where you have uh, dozens, sometimes dozens and dozens of mm-hmm. people showing up at your house to play board games. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, when I was in Orlando, I had 60 parties over the course of five and a half years, never less than 30 people and rarely less than 40. And my record was 83 people in my house at one time, which was cozy. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, he's, got, uh, he's got seven kids, well, so you got rooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. And people come and go, and we play all sorts of different things. And when you have that n- number, then there's things starting and ending at different times. So if you walk in the door, there's something starting. Well, it makes perfect sense. Uh, so, uh, Dorothy, now you know a little bit about Robert. Robert, you know a little bit about Dorothy. You know what you've gotten yourselves into. And now it is time to uh, talk about how the game is going to be played tonight. I, I just want to so, say one thing real quick. Yes. I have, I have, he gave, uh, Robert gave me his card, and he's got these letters at the end of his name. There's like three things, like, was it a D, an H, and a P? I don't know. He's, I think he's our first PhD, our first doctor on this show. Uh, Robert, what is your doctorate in? Uh, industrial and Organizational Psychology. Oh, one of the easy ones. That's a blow-up one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I consult with large organizations mainly and uh, do some teaching. Uh, PhDs from Penn State, uh, Go, whatever they are. Nittany Lions. Lions. The Nittany Lions, yes. Dorothy, I, I didn't do this to make you feel small. If you want, you can just chime in real quick and just tell us what your favorite game is. So. Twister. Twister. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right. Okay. Well, fortunately, board games are not going to be a category this week. They were last week. Uh, so we ex- this is what happens next. Uh, we explain the rules of the game, and I give a lecture. And we have a choice. We can do it either way. We can either explain the rules first and then give the lecture, 
or we can give the lecture and then explain the rules. This is my experience. If I explain the rules first, you will forget the rules when it's time to play. So I'm going to give the lecture first, and hopefully you won't forget everything about that. Keep in mind, one of the categories tonight will be based directly from the lecture. Are we prepared? Yes, yes. we are. Today's lecture is on Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a strictly North American holiday created by Maulana Karenga in 1966. That is a, uh, a name which he chose for himself. Uh, it means the great teacher keeper of history. Great teacher Maulana Karenga, keeper of history, uh, keeper of traditions. He is currently the chair of the African Studies Program at Cal State Long Beach. The holiday was created to allow Americans of African descent to have a set of holiday traditions that were unique to them, as opposed to taking European traditions and converting them to being their holiday. Kwanzaa starts on the 26th of December and celebrates a different pillar of the system each day. Today's candle is lit for Ujimwa, which means collective work and responsibility. The seven candles, the one for each day of Kwanzaa, the seven candles are held in a canara. Today, as uh, many as two million Americans and some Canadians are celebrating Kwanzaa. Bill Clinton was the first president to recognize Kwanzaa in 1997. The last day of Kwanzaa is this year and is always January 1st. When speaking to someone about the holiday, the correct holiday greeting is Joyous Kwanzaa. And that ends our lecture, Joyous Kwanzaa, to us all. Kwanzaa, definitely Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. So, so to use <clears throat> home field advantage in this game, I'm going to give you a number. And whoever is closest to that number will have home field advantage. That means they will be answering questions second. Question is, what year did Hallmark make the first joyous joyous Kwanzaa holiday card? Robert, as benefit of being our very first contestant with a PhD, you get to go first. What year did Hallmark make the first joyous Kwanzaa holiday card. What year? 1998. He said it's 1998. Now, Dorothy, this means that you have a choice to either go higher or go lower. Do you believe the actual date is higher or lower than 1998? Lower. Lower. So you believe a year before 1998. Do you have a specific guess? I'm thinking 1989. She says 1989. All right. Now, that is lower, and it is a specific guess, and the right answer is 19, everybody's right so far, 92. Oh. Dorothy, you have home field advantage. <laughs> All right. That means you will be choosing numbers first. So as we go through the rules of the game, you will be the one choosing numbers first. Listen to how we play our game. Our game, Breaking Balls Trivia, we start in the top of the ninth inning. The score is tied. Doug, up until the top of the ninth inning, how many runs have scored in today's tied ball game? The score, the score right now is a 0-0, a bit of a pitcher's duel, not very 
not not very uh, exciting so far. But I believe the ninth inning is going to be different because I told the pitchers that if they don't let up some runs, I'm going to kill their pets. But that is mean-spirited and unnecessary, Doug. It's, it's the spirit of Kwanzaa. I know it is not. It's that, is, uh, that is faction. Yes. It's, a, it's uh, in the spirit of uh, Christmas past, maybe. Okay, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, so we're starting at 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, I have 10 questions for each of you. They are numbered 1 to 10. They are worth a variety of values. Uh, some questions have only one answer. They are singles. Multiple answer questions are doubles, triples, or home runs. Scoring is like baseball. Singles advance runners one base, doubles two, triples three. Uh, we don't count right answers. We count runs. A wrong answer is an out, three outs, ends your game. You can only get one out per question. So even if there's four possible answers... Even if you get all of them wrong, which sometimes is more spectacular than getting all of them right, um, you will only get one out. Doug is our official scorer. Hey, hey. That means if there is a dispute, he will decide how the answers are scored, and he will also advance the runners. When there are two outs, or if a runner is in scoring position, some base runners may advance farther than the batter. That is just how it is. That's how it goes in baseball, too. That is the simple version of our game. There is a slight twist. I will not be at reading the questions in the order that I wrote them. I will be asking them in the order that your opponent chooses. They'll choose a number between 1 and 10, and I will ask the question in that order. You have some assistance options. You will have the option to take a pitch. If you have no idea what the answer is, you can simply say, I'm going to take that pitch. It's a pass. You don't get an out. The question is simply retired. You'll only have nine questions. You can also foul off a question. If you have a good second guess on a question, you can allow that ball to fall harmlessly into the stands and get another guess. If you're wrong on the second guess, it will be an out. Or you can step out and take signs from the third base coach. Uh, they, sometimes that is a clue. Sometimes it's multiple choice. Dorothy, you've played with me more often than Robert. As a result, you have a sense of just how helpful my clues are. Typically, they're only helpful if you already know the answer. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if you manage to hit a grand slam, which has not happened in the game yet, you will have the you will win a substantial grand prize from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is BMC Mattress. In Longwood, Florida, the prize would be a memory foam pillow worth forty-five dollars. Do you have any questions about how the game is played? Not yet. All right. Well, it is now time for us to start playing the game. The Pittsburgh Magnificent Seven will be batting first. The Orlando Black Cat will be pitching first. Doug, I got two things. Well, three things besides play ball. One. Uh, there are some people actually listening to us in, in the chat room today. So I want to say hello to uh, Lenny and George. That is Lenny as in Lenny Melnick. And the second thing is, you, uh, what are the categories as a whole today? We didn't run those through for them. Oh, you're absolutely correct. I did not. I will run through the categories. Uh, we will uh, be speaking about our 17th president, Andrew Johnson. He was born December 29th. Uh, we will be talking about uh, biology. That was Dorothy's chosen category. We will be talking about LeBron James. We'll be talking about Hanukkah. We'll be talking about Marie Curie. We'll be talking about World War II history. That was the, uh, the subject that Robert chose. We will be talking about Texas, the state of Texas. We will be talking about Val Kilmer. 
We will be talking about Tiger Woods, who celebrates a birthday this week. And we will be talking about Kwanzaa, the subject of today's lecture. And with that, play ball. Play ball! Woo! Play, play ball. All right. So, Dorothy, since you are the home team, you will be choosing which question we ask Robert first. What is the first number you would like for us to choose? Number five. Question number five. Question number five is the World War II history question. Woohoo! And it could be good for as much of a tr- as a triple. Uh, between March 5th and March 13th, 1945, nine men, one per day, were promoted to four-star general in the United States Army. You will get one base for each of them. You answer correctly, Robert, what three men, or three, say, name three of the nine men who were promoted to four-star general in the United States Army between March 5th and March 13th. 1945. Uh, George Patton, Omar Bradley, and uh, hmm. Hmm. Now, I will uh, say, I will say, if you would like, you can just guess two. If you think a third one's going to give you a, an out, you could just say two, then you don't get all three of the bases. It's only one batter. Better not to make an out on your first batter even if it's leaving him at second instead of third. I'm just saying that as a okay. strategy. Yeah. I, have a, I have a name for the third one, but it would just be a guess, so I'll stick with the two. All right, so before, I, I just want to hear what your guess is. George Patton and Omar Bradley. Those, that, so those are your guesses. What would your third guess have been? It doesn't count. Matthew Ridgway. All right, so his Matthew guess. Matthew Ridgway, the other guy in Wham. <laughs> That's Andrew, yeah, Andrew Ridgely. Ridgely. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So your guess is George Patton and Omar Bradley. Doug. Wow. I'm trying to figure out how to play this. Uh, the, ball, the ball is hit in the air down the line. It, it could be two. It could be foul. It could be because the runner hits first, runs to second. And gets thrown out at second. Uh, right. That's exactly what happened. What happened is that a good solid single, which turned into an out because one of those answers was wrong. <gasps> but could he foul it off? Or I don't know. I like, I uh, no, no, because he got one right. Uh, if he didn't get any right, we'd let him foul it off. But he did get one right. Omar Bradley is correct. But George Patton was not promoted to four-star <laughs> general until, 1940, uh, until August of 1945. Uh, oh, the last how stupid days, of me. <laughs> the last days were Kruger, Somerville, McNarney, Devers, Kennedy, uh, Clark, Spatz, Bradley, and Handy. Uh, not hmm. stupid, just one out. <laughs> one out. It was the idea is that, uh, especially on the topic which you chose, a couple of the answers might be easy and a couple of them are going to be harder. And, uh, so there we are. Uh, a good, solid first pitch. The ball was well struck, but well played by your team, the Orlando Black Cat, Dorothy. There's one out and nobody on. Good job. Thank you. All right. So where do we go next, Dorothy? Um, how about question eight? 
Question number eight. We're going to move down to question number eight. Here we go. Come on, team. Let me get down there. Here's question number eight. Question number eight. This is about Texas. What U.S. state was an independent republic for a longer time before joining the Union than Texas? What U.S. state was an independent republic for the longest time before joining the Union? It was longer than Texas. Now you have a choice. No, this is a question for Robert. Robert answers, Robert answers all three of his outs or all of his questions before Dorothy answers any questions. This is for Robert. So, Robert, uh, what U.S. state was an independent republic for the longest time before joining the Union? It was longer than Texas. I'd like to talk to the third base coach. All right. Okay, so the choices for this question – this was going to be your uh, your clue here. You have one out. It's probably good to take the clue here. The choices are Hawaii, Vermont, or California. What U.S. state was an independent republic for the longest time before joining the Union? It was longer than Texas. Texas was independent, by the way, for nine years. I'm going to go with Hawaii. He says Hawaii. Doug? That ball is in the air. Down the left field line. This, this could be a foul be- ball. This ball could go out of play foul. Robert, do you have a second guess? Or do you want to take the out? Um, I, I will take I'll, – I'll foul off. All right, that one gets fouled off. You've used two of your three assistance options. Do you think it's California or Vermont? I'm going to say Vermont. He says Vermont like it's a question, Doug. Vermont's always a question. <laughs> <laughs> that ball's hit straight back at the pitcher, and it rolls into center field for a base hit. There's a runner on first. <laughs> this guy is smart enough not to try for second. And <laughs> there's uh, one out. Uh, so, uh, Vermont is correct. It was independent for 14 years. Wow. Wow. Uh, it declared its independence before the United States declared their independence. And uh, it was independent as what many people considered the 14th state. It didn't become a state for as long as it did because of a border dispute with New York. Uh, Texas was independent for nine years. Hawaii was independent for 88 years as a kingdom Mm -hmm. and five years as a republic. This is very educational. Uh, That's the whole idea. Yeah, it's one of our three goals. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, he's got a man on. There's a runner on first base. Still nobody in. Only one out. Where do we go next, Dorothy? Three. Question number three. All right. Although biology is etymologically Greek, the first two published works containing the word biology were written in what languages, both in the 18th century? Although biology is etymologically Greek, uh, it wasn't ever written in Greek as biology. The first two published works containing the word biology were written in what languages in the 18th century? Uh, You can answer one or two answers. Think about the people that might have used it. 
I have two guesses, but they'd be guesses. And it's perfectly fine to, to do your thinking out loud, Robert, and okay, just tell but, me when, you know, you've, when you've made a decision. Yeah. It's preferable than a, you know, a dead yeah. mic. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say Latin. Okay. And I'm not going to say French. So just one guess, Latin. He says Latin, Doug. That ball is uh, it's a line drive. The shortstop leaps. It's over his head. It falls harmlessly into left field. The runner from first stops at second. It's first and second now with one out. I'm going to question your use of the word harmlessly because it's uh, harmless to individuals. No one was hurt by the ball. The uh, but Dorothy, but yes, Dorothy thinks it's harmful that he managed to get on. Uh, there's now runners on first and second with one out. Uh, you are correct about Latin. The Dorothy, do you have a guess on the other language? I will let you know it was not French. Mm. Wow, because I was thinking French. Okay, so who else would it have been? Think fish. Think fish. Uh, that's that is a a, a five minute professor worthy clue because it literally <laughs> only helps if you know the right answer. Because thinking fish will not get you to this answer. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, what fish. do you think? Oh. I'm thinking uh, England because of fish and chips. Okay. But I'm going with English. All right. I, I would go with uh, Finland because of Finn and fish. Okay. Of course, the right answer is Swedish. As in Swedish fish, oh, a guess that you would have never gotten to. Carl uh, Linnaeus originally wrote it in Swedish uh, in the title of his first published work. Uh, so good job answering just the one, feeling solid about that one, uh, Robert. So that was well played on your part. Where do we go next, Dorothy? Um, let's do 10. Question number 10. Oh, she's leaping down to the bottom. She's all over the place. Wild oh, which is good. There is an opportunity for a three-run home run here. Tiger Woods. Uh Tiger Woods has 82 PGA tournament wins, including 12 U.S. major wins. That's a lot of jackets. Uh, Well, you only get jackets for some of them. (laughs) What four U.S. states has he won or come in second at the most in U.S. majors? So what guess, four U.S. I, states has he won or come in second at the most in U.S. majors? I'm going to guess one. Okay. With great trepidation. Okay. I'll, I will say Georgia. And you have no other guesses? Correct. He says Georgia, Doug. Uh, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> the ball uh, hit on a rope in the right center field. The fielder charges hard and dives, but he catches on a bounce. The runner at second advances to the third. There are now bases loaded after that single. Uh, the or the Pittsburgh Magnuson Seven are knocking at the door after that 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 leadoff boneheaded play. Uh, Tiger Woods. <laughs> it was bad running. It wasn't a boneheaded I'm, play. I'm not making fun of the manager. I'm making fun of the. I'm making fun of the runner. Uh, Georgia. Uh, is correct and is number one by a large amount because he has come in first or second seven times at the Masters. Uh, there are three other states, both tied with 
two first or second places in U.S. Open play or PGA Championship play. That is Illinois, California, and startlingly, Minnesota. Yeah, what is mm. what, what what course they play in Minnesota? I can't even think of it. I know it's two different courses. It was two different courses for the PGA Championship in Minnesota. 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 I guess if he, if he won there like once, he would be have the most. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, well played because you felt confident about the one and you didn't want to uh, jeopardize it. Uh, it's a conservative strategy, but you still have the opportunity to take a pitch if you have no guess on one. I would not have guessed any of those other three states if That's I had smart. I would, take, I wouldn't have either. taken a, a risk. One. Everything else would have been a risk. All right. So he's got four questions in. He's got the bases loaded. I think you've pitched this about as well as you possibly could so far, Dorothy. Where do we go next? Um, let's try number seven. Question number seven. Oops. Question number seven is about our 17th president, Andrew Johnson. He was born in which U.S. state on December 29th in 1808? Our 17th president, Andrew Johnson, was born in which U.S. state? On December 29th, 1808. I'm going to take a pitch on that one. Really? All right. Well, you know, it's this is a, a chance for him to get it or to totally miss it. He doesn't want to totally miss it. I totally understand. Do you have any guess, Robert? Oh, oh, uh, oh uh, Illinois. I didn't, I didn't mean that. That's a kick. <laughs> uh, Dorothy. Do you have a guess as to which state our 17th president, Andrew Johnson, was born in? I would go with Virginia. Virginia is a great guess. A lot of presidents were born in Virginia, but not this one. Uh, he is the only U.S. senator who did not leave the Senate uh, before well, well, when the South seceded. And he went on to become uh, vice president on the union ticket. Uh, the American Union ticket in 1864 with Lincoln. He was born in and represented North Carolina, oh. the last the last state to secede. Mm. All right. I didn't mean to make fun of you. I misread the question by the number. I thought this was the question that was going to be read about the lecture, and I thought it would be weird to do that because I wasn't really paying attention because I have to like sort of prep ahead to know what I'm going to do next. I didn't listen to you. I was like, oh, I read the number wrong. I'm sorry. I want to be nice to our guests. <laughs> That's an error. So yeah, far, no puns, three hits, and an error in the first so, half of the inning. It's four hits, so I'm going to give you an error because that first guy got a base hit, but he was out going to second. Absolutely correct. Four hits, no runs, two errors. And uh, where do we go next? Dorothy, things are working out really well in your favor. We have Let's so go. far in, this, in the history of this game, no one has been shut out. Yeah, the lowest has okay, been two, I let's think. let's do number one. Question number one. Robert, you have no assistances left. You have to answer the questions. Okay. Hanukkah and the Hindi holiday Diwala. Hanukkah and the Hindi holiday Diwala are both known as the festival of what? Both Hanukkah and the Hindi holiday Diwala D-I-W-A-L-I, in case I'm mispronouncing it. Both are known as the Festival of what? Light. That ball is popped into short right field. The right field of their charges. First person goes out, and it falls in between them. The runner at third scores. 
The runner second advances to third. That's a base hit, and the bases are still loaded. And the Magnificent Seven now have a Magnificent One run. Yay, them! <laughs> thank you, they thank are, you. They are known as the Festival of Light or the Festival of Lights. And I believe you are correct. I believe it is pronounced Diwali. Uh, I, in my house, in, um, in, in, when I lived in Lilburn, I had a house in my backyard actually faced the largest Hindu temple in all <laughs> of North America. And so they would always come around all the time to say, hey, we're going to be lighting off a lot of fireworks and stuff. It's like, okay. And they would always give us Lindor truffles. They were nice. Nice, nice. people. Nice, <laughs> nice people. I gave people Lindor truffles last night. But you wouldn't, think the, largest, you wouldn't think the largest Hindu temple in all the Western Hemisphere, is in Lilburn, Georgia. But no, you wouldn't. <laughs> it is. All right, where do we go next, Dorothy? You um, gave up a run. Six. You gave up a run. That's bad news, good news. Apparently, your cats are now safe. Yay! <laughs> Question number six. The founder of Kwanzaa is the chair of African Studies at a state college in what state? Uh, California. He says California, Doug. That's a base. That ball is hit in a line drive over the, over the second baseman's head into right field. The runner from school walks in to score the second run of the inning. The bases are still loaded on that single. And it's two to, no, two to nothing. Madison seven. All right. Uh, so still only one out, right? Only the one out. The only one out. Hitter. I mean, leadoff hitter gets out, and still Robert is uh, is orchestrating some runs. All on. Singles, Where do we go single. next? Yeah. Single, Where do we go single, next? Single, single, single. Let's do number two. Question number two. LeBron James was born December thirtieth, nineteen eighty four, in the fifth largest city in what U.S. state? It's a state he eventually won an NBA championship in. This is going to be a guess. LeBron James was born December 30th, 1984, in the fifth largest city in what U.S. state? It's a state he eventually won an NBA championship in. Michigan. He says Michigan. Doug? I'm confused, but, well, that ball is flied. It's deep in the left field. The batter's going back. He's going, the, boy, the center fielder's going back. And he leaps and he catches it for an out. Oh, take up, run anyway. I think I think a runner would come in on that play. I really I'll, do. I'll, uh, the runner at third tags up, but the other runners hold. It is now three to nothing. Mag seven with two outs. Uh yeah. So uh, I I'm assuming Doug that your confusion is that you you know he never played for Detroit. Well, no, I. Yes, Michigan is not a city. Well, no, no, I was looking for the state. Oh. In what U.S. state? Michigan is a state. That's basketball, right? We're talking that about is, basketball. That's, that is, that's, that is that's the big, the big orange a, one. It's sort of a basketball question, but really the question could have been, what's the fifth largest city in, in – in, I, I didn't give the name of the city. Uh, that's true. All right, Dorothy, what, do you have an idea what state it was? No idea. Let's go with Georgia. All right, Georgia, uh, which does have a basketball team in Atlanta, which LeBron James has never played for. I thought LeBron James was a big enough character 
that even folks that weren't necessarily into sports would know a little bit about him. He made a really big splash I w- I would on so ESPN when uh, he was taking his uh, taking his abilities to South Florida, taking oh, his talents to South Florida. Uh, he, played- he was actually drafted out of uh, out of a high school in this state, and that was like the biggest deal. It's like he's a seventh year old kid that they're drafting. That was all over the news everywhere because, you know, it's weird to pick a seventh year old. Now it's a lot more common. He was the first uh, successful he, one. Yeah, he won two NBA championships in Miami, and then he came back to Cleveland. Ohio, that's right. Which was his birth state of Ohio. Absolutely correct. Now he now plays for the Lakers. All so right. What is this? What is the city? The city was Akron. That's the is fifth that- largest city. By population, it is the fifth largest city. The fifth cool. largest city in Georgia is Valdosta. Mm. Wow. All right. Well, now there's two outs. There's three runs in. You've got them on the ropes. Where do we go next, Dorothy? Let's do number nine. Number nine. Dorothy is keeping track of the questions, too, which I appreciate. Not everyone does that. <laughs> I have a grease board. <laughs> a question about Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer has been the singing voice of what two real historical people on movie soundtracks? Val Kilmer has been the singing voice of what two real people on movie soundtracks? I didn't even know he sang. Um... Well, his first movie, can I say it? Yes, I can. His first movie was Top Secret, and he played a, a, a lounge singer. It was sort of a spoof of... Elvis Presley movies. Hmm. Lounge singer. Um, I mean, he's a good singer. He is. A, he's got a great singing yeah, voice. Yeah. yeah. And he's he, and he 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 sang in in the one movie. He was amazing. He was like so like the real guy that, and the guy is iconic. Um, and the movie was about this guy. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. Hmm. I. Um, I'm gonna. I, uh, I'm gonna guess. I have okay. to guess. I have to do something. Okay. Uh, Dean Martin said. Dean Martin. Doug. He says. Dean Martin. That ball is hit. It's a high fly ball into center field. That looks like it's going to be an out. The center fielder camps under it and. And that retires the side for the third out. The Magnificent Seven have three runs on five hits. Uh, honor has been served. Two errors. <laughs> you got through every question but one, so that's pretty good. Three is a solid number. We'll go over that question a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Dorothy, I think you know at least one, if not both, of these answers. Was that the recent one with Johnny Cash? It is not the recent one with Johnny Cash. That was the only guess that I had. Oh. I can't believe you can't remember the, the Doors movie. That was such a great one. He oh, was really? He was Jim Morrison? Yeah. He was he was Jim Morrison uh, oh. in the Doors movie, and uh, he sang as Elvis in the movie True Romance. Hmm. See, they actually said Elvis. We should have listened to that clue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there is one question that was left on the table. That means really good pitching on your part, Dorothy. Uh, again, uh, three runs have scored. 
You need to score four to win, Dorothy. Uh, and I want you to know that twice so far, the home team has come from behind to win. Robert, which will be the first pitch we throw at Dorothy? Well, I'm going to use her system of writing down the numbers, and I'm going okay. to start with number one. Question number one. Question number one coming at Dorothy is Hanukkah overlaps Christmas this year. In 2013 and 2017, respectively, it overlapped which two other U.S. holidays? Hanukkah overlaps Christmas this year. In 2013 and 2017, it overlapped which two other U.S. holidays? Um, Hanukkah moves around because I believe of the moon cycle. So I'm going to say, was it backed up to Thanksgiving? That's one answer. Did you want to give two answers or just one? There's two right answers here. No, just one. All right. She says Thanksgiving. The ball smashes to the ground and it takes a high bop, high hop to Baltimore Chop. The, The runner has wheels, though, and the guy catches it and throws it, but it's not in time. That's a base hit. One run on. Sorry, Dorothy, one man on. One man on, nobody out. Uh, Dorothy, I, what would your guess have been? If you just uh, if you made a guess for the second one. I had a guess for the second one. What else is up around there? Um, I can't even figure out. We just went through Christmas. New Year's? She says New Year's is a question, and that would have been right. Both the question for her and the answer to the question. The one thing I'd like to yes. say is uh, this is something strategically that people have missed out on, and Dorothy sort of stumbled into it. You get a multiple answer question. If it's early, it doesn't really matter if you get that double. Just take the single. He's probably going to score down the road. Now, when it's you know, the seventh question of the thing, then you take the chances. So you did right. good. Now, you having know. said that, Robert – was sure about George Patton. Yeah. No, if you're sure. So you're I would have sure. stuck with George <laughs> right. Patton. You're sure I was sure, sure about George but, Patton. <laughs> so the point being, for those who don't play baseball, is that there's guys going to get hits behind you. And whether this guy starts out on first or starts on second, he's probably going to score. It doesn't matter that much. What about Festivus? Uh, we have no questions about Festivus this week because I had questions about Festivus last week. <laughs> So that means All right, I also had questions about New Year's Eve last week. All right, where do we go next, Doug? I mean, excuse me, Doug, Robert, where do we go next? Uh, air, let's go air, with air. 10. Question number 10. Woo-hoo. Question number 10. In 2005 and the year 2000, Tiger Woods won the Open at the old course in what member nation of the United Kingdom? In 2000 and 2005, Tiger Woods won the Open at the old course in what member nation of the United Kingdom? Would that be St. Andrews in Scotland? Dorothy says St. Andrews in Scotland. The ball's hit softly into the right field, but it's going to fall in for a base hit. You're going to have first and second and nobody out for the Orlando Black Cats, singular. Woohoo! That is uh, absolutely correct. It is at uh, the old course at St. Andrews in Scotland. All right. Yay. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with anything we're going to talk about, but if you have have any question at all about the historical evolution of the game of Scotland, uh, the, the game, game of Scotland, Scotland, game of golf, the game of golf, the official game of Scotland, uh, you need to uh, just do a quick search on the internet 
for Robin Williams golf. Oh, and that is hysterical. His, it is absolutely hysterical. It All is. right. <clears throat> uh, Robert, where do we go next? Number two. Goes to question number two. Question number two is an opportunity for a three-run home run. Both players got a an opportunity for a three-run home run at the beginning of the game. That means no one will be getting the memory foam pillow from BMC Mattress this week. In 2012, LeBron James became the first player in history to win the combination of which four championships and awards. So there are four right answers. In 2012, LeBron James became the first player in history to win the combination of which four championships and awards. I know absolutely nothing about any sports. So I'm going to say most valuable. That's not sports. true. That that is not true because <laughs> you knew about golf. That's because I live in Scotland. <laughs> that's a sport. That's a sport. It's All right. A little so more you, I'm so most valuable player. You say most valuable player and you're going to stop? Um Yes. So LeBron James became the first player in history to win the combination of which four championships and awards you're saying may, may, uh, most valuable player and stopping Doug. The ball's hit softly over the first baseman's head. It's it's going to fall in for a base hit. The, the, the bases are now loaded, and there's nobody out. That means the winning run is coming to the plate right now. Here on the fourth question. Uh, Robert. I know you're a huge fan of the large orange ball. Uh, do you have any guesses aside from most valuable player? Um, the tallest player. I don't think that's actually an award. <laughs> the fastest player. I don't think that's an award. Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was just going to say that. Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> uh, those are not awards or championships. Uh, the other answers. He once won the world's best dad thing on Father's Day. I saw that. <laughs> oh. I don't think that was 2012, though. Oh. Uh, in 2012, he started the year uh, by uh, winning Olympic gold. He won Olympic gold, the MVP, the NBA championship, and the finals MVP all in the same year. That was back in 2012. MVP, Olympic gold, NBA championship, and the finals MVP. Wow. All right. There are now three on, nobody out, a chance. Well, you can't win the game on the next pitch. No. So that, that's, there's no chance of giving up a home run. Where do we go next, Robert, as if you need to tell me? Uh, five. Oh, oh, he switched Ooh. up his pattern. I know. I thought that too. <laughs> Question number five. During World War II, which two colonial holdings of the British Empire – boasted more than 10,000 female members of their navies. There are two right answers. During World War II, which two colonial holdings of the British Empire boasted more than 10,000 female members in their navies? Australia? She says Australia? Just the one? Yeah, because the second one would definitely be a guess. All right. Well, tell me what your guess is. But but we're going to go with just Australia. She says Australia and India, but she's actually just saying Australia, Doug. The ball's hit sharply right up the middle through the pitcher's legs. 
and it rolls into the outfield. A run scores. The merry-go-round starts. Bases loaded on that single. It's now three to one. Magnificent seven. But the but the black uh, cats are on the board. The black cat is on the board. Yeah. All right. Yes. The uh, uh, Australia is the right answer. Robert, do you have a good guess on the other one? South Africa. South Africa is a great guess. Um, India had no women in their navy, although they had seven thousand in their army. Canada, however, had more than ten thousand female members in the Canadian Navy. All right. All right, so there's one run in, still nobody out, bases loaded. A uh, a double here would tie the game. Where do we go next? Robert. Robert, where do we go next? Oh, let's go with nine. Question number nine, where we thought we were going last time, but that's that's good that we're there now. Val Kilmer played what movie title character in 1997? The same role was played by Roger Moore on TV in the 1960s. Val Kilmer played what movie title character in 1997? The same role was played by Roger Moore on TV in the 1960s. The Saint. She says the Saint, Doug. The ball's uh, is quickly hit down the line, and it's past the third baseman's diving glove, and it rolls into left field. The runner at third scores. The left fielder's quickly over and gets the ball in. The mirror ground starts again. Another run scores on that single. It's now three to two. Next seven. Black cat, two for the black cat. Yay! Uh, and of course, it was the saint. Uh, the idea at the time that it was made was that that would become a franchise like the uh, yeah, like Double O Seven, but it never materialized. I, I think the problem with that movie, and I I remember loving the Saint, the TV show, and, and going to that movie live, is the idea that Elizabeth Shue can solve cold fusion was too much of a leap for anybody <laughs> for anybody to actually do. It's like it's like I can believe like ET can fly in a bicycle. But that, that was too much for me. All right. Where do we go next, Robert? Seven. Question number seven. Hoping he does not give up a double here because that would end the game. Fortunately, this is a question with just one right answer. If Andrew Johnson had been removed from office when impeached, if Andrew Johnson had been removed from office when impeached, Ben Wade, who held what office, would have replaced him as president? If Andrew Johnson had been removed from office, Ben Wade, who held what office, would have replaced him as president? So the theory goes that if the president goes, it goes to the vice president, as mm-hmm. we saw with Nixon. Yes. So I'm going to say vice president. She says vice president, Doug. That ball is popped up down the left field line. This ball could go out of play. If you have a good second guess, Dorothy, this ball could land out of play. If you don't have a good second guess. All right, so you're going with a good second guess? She's taking the foul, and she's changed it to Speaker of the House. Doug. And that ball, the third baseman is running over there. Might go out of play. He camps under it. He gets a, He catches it for the out. That's the first out of the inning. He fires the ball quickly into the catcher. Runners don't advance. It's still three to two. 
Three to two with the with the bases loaded and now one out. It was not Speaker of the House. It was not Vice President because until uh, well, really until Nixon, the Vice President wasn't replaced. We just did without the Vice President for the balance of the term, uh, and that was almost all of it was forty six months with uh, Harry Truman. And it was over two years with uh, LBJ. Uh, what is? Do you have any idea what the right answer is, Robert? No, but uh, based on the fact that we can eliminate two possibilities, yeah, that would be the only reason right. I would get it is because like the the, the, the answer what, is what, the, the next comes the next. next uh, Secretary of State. No, it's not Secretary of State. Yeah, it's actually the president pro tempore of the Senate. What? Yes. Yeah, I knew that. Like... That just rolled right <laughs> off my tongue. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if the person were to die in office today, the, the Speaker of the House would be the next person if there were no vice president. But back then, they hadn't passed that the rule of succession yet. So that's right. the way it went. So, so according to the Constitution, the order is president, vice president, who is the president of the Senate, and then the president pro tempore of the Senate, which is the leader elected by the Senate. Right. And, and tradition has held that it's the longest serving member of the majority party. So that's typically who it is. And Ben Wade was apparently an enormous jerk. <laughs> and nobody could see him as being president. So as a result, there are some historians who believe that the reason that Andrew Johnson was not impeached and removed from office was because they didn't want Ben Wade to end up being president because that would have been the consequence. Oh, funny. Interesting like question. It. Good question. All right. So now there are one out. There's one out. Bases loaded. Tying run at third, winning run at second. Where do we go next, Robert? Four. Question number four. Question number four. This is a category we didn't get to for you, Robert. Marie Curie. Marie Curie won Nobel Prizes in which two science disciplines? Marie Curie won Nobel Prizes in which two science disciplines? If you get one right, you'll score one run. If you get both of them right, you will win the game. So Marie Curie was in human biology. So I'm going to go with biology. You're going to go with just biology? Um, oh, she was all, she did the x-rays. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes, let's just go with biology. I'm going to play it safe. Doug, she says biology. That ball is... Uh... Popped up to uh, in the middle infield. Looks like the infield fly rule is in effect. That person is going to be out. Ooh, two outs. Two outs. Robert, do you know this answer? Chemistry and physics. Chemistry and physics. And she is the only person to have won a Nobel Prize in two different science disciplines. Other science, uh, other scientists have won two in the same science discipline. And Linus Pauling won in science and a Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. All right. Uh, so two now outs. we've got us a ball game. Now there's two outs. Where do we go next? Um, eight. 
Question number eight. Now there's some pressure. I thought you were walking away with this one, Dorothy. I will I will be completely honest. That's I thought there was play, no. That's, that's why you play the game. Yeah, you never know. All right. Before becoming a U.S. state, Texas declared its independence from what country? Keep in mind, here are your choices. You can get a clue or you can take a pitch if you don't know the answer. Before becoming a U.S. state, Texas declared its independence from what country? I think Texas was in Mexico, so I'm going to go with Mexico. She says Mexico. If she's right, she will tie the game. That ball's hit sharply into the center field. The the center field is going to play it on two hops. The runner on third scores easily. It's another single. For the third run to tie it up, bases are still loaded. But it's three to three. Woohoo! Yes, it is in fact Mexico. Uh, and um and the clue, the, the choices would have been, uh, I would have given you Mexico, Spain, or France, which is one of those clues which doesn't help. Because if you no. weren't sure if it was Spain or Mexico, getting that as a multiple choice makes it no help. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, we still have two answers to go. If she gets one more right, she wins. If not, the game ends disappointingly and, and, in a and this tie. Is a, this is a tough pitch for Robert. Because one of those two pitches is the lecture, which is the kidney. And the other one is the category she chose. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Three or six. Three or six. Um, six. She goes to question number six. If she gets this right, she will win. Question number six. There are how many candles held in the Kwanzaa Canara? There are how many candles held in the Kwanzaa Canara? Seven. She says seven, Doug. That ball is hit into the, into the outfield, and it lands. It falls in. The runner at third scores. They're mobbing the guy. It's a walk-off win. I was trying Woo! to play some crowd noises, and there they come. The crowd's going Yay! nuts. <laughs> and the crowd was wild. To wrap it up, the, the Orlando Black Cat wins with uh, four to three with uh, four runs on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hits. And, uh, well, we only made two errors on that half. Three runs on <laughs> five hits and three errors on the first half. Nice game, you two. Well, this was, it was fun. Very this fun. Was fun. All right, so there are a couple of questions we didn't yeah, get just, to. Just a couple but, of questions. Now, uh, Robert, did Doug talk to you about the consequences of losing? Yes. I have to sing Take, take Me Out to the Ball game. Yes, you do. So get ready for that uh, emotionally and metaphysically. Uh, first, though, the question you didn't get to, so if you'd have been asked this question, um, Marie Curie is credited with discovery of which two radioactive elements? Do you know which two? Uh, definitely uranium. And I would probably not guess – well, okay, this doesn't count now. So what would I right. – um, uranium and – radium's a different one, isn't it? Yes, yes. it is. All right, radium and uranium. So radium and uranium would have meant one right answer because she did not discover uranium. She's not credited with discovering uranium. She is credited with discovering radium. Dorothy, do you have any guesses on the other one? It was named for her native country. Uh. That doesn't help me at all. Wow. <laughs> it might help Robert. I didn't give uh, him. Polonium. 
Polonium. It's actually polonium. He polonium. Was, he was, he was trying to deal with a, with a long O with the second. Oh. Yeah. Yep, polonium. Uh, yes, so those are the two. You didn't get those questions, Robert. That would have made a difference in your game. But, Dorothy, you didn't get this question. Which three 19th century scientists are credited with creating testable theories of evolution? Darwin. Darwin is one. Do you know any others? I've gone completely blank. I have no idea. Well, Darwin is the the, the most yeah, well known at this point in time. Right. Uh, Robert, do you know the other two? Uh, I knew this. I knew one of them. I can't remember. It wasn't Hemholtz, was it? No. It was not Hemholtz. All right. I, I don't have a guess. The other one, the one which I always remember. Oh, I Spencer? Know. Was it Spencer? Not Spencer. Spencer's a good guess, though. Uh, Jean-Baptiste de Lamarck. Lamarck's theory was that if the parents did something which improved their chances of survival, the children would inherit that trait. So that if, if a giraffe needed to reach higher for leaves, their children would grow higher leaves, which is a little bit different than the prevailing thought process of survival of the fittest. The, the, the question uh, te- says testable theories of evolution. It didn't say they would pass that test. Just right. Mm. Testable. Oh, yeah. of course. Uh, and also Alfred Russell Wallace, who suffers from coming up with the exact same theory as Darwin, but not having as good of a publicist. That's yeah. the one I was struggling to remember. Yeah. You guys did a great job. You got 18 of the 20 questions uh, to address. Final score, Orlando Black Cat 4, the Pittsburgh Magnificent 7 Three, I will point out that is a magnificent seven as a total, but you didn't get the majority of those scores, Robert, which is why you didn't win. And as a result, it is now time for you to sing us to the end of the program. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never come back because it's root. Root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Cause it's one, two, three strikes. You're out in the old ball game. Nicely done. Nicely done. And with that, we will be back one week from today with two more contestants. Until then, Perceptum. Quispium, Damnitium, learn something, damn it.